Hey, TK Show is sponsored by South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, Northern California's number one volume dealer. Check them out at SouthCountyChryslerJeepDodge.net or drive a little and save a lot in friendly Gilroy. Coming to you from the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group, it's the TK Show. Now here's your host, Tim Kawakami. Hey everybody, it's Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, talking to you on June 3rd, the day after Game 1 of the NBA Finals, and it's my great pleasure to have a tremendous guest today, someone I have been couldn't wait to get on the show, and it's a perfect time for this. Uh, we're talking on the phone with the great Charles Barkley. Charles, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Got no complaints. Uh, enjoying some downtime for the next few months, so this is a great time for me. Yeah, you get to you get to relax a little bit. I, I assume you're watching the games a little bit, but uh, uh, what you think about Game One? Uh, the, the Warriors, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson don't do much offensively. The Warriors still won relatively easily. What, what's your first uh, take from that from that result? Well, the things I've said about the Warriors the last couple of years, I've said that I thought Deshaun Levinson was the best player in the NBA coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive, defensively, he proved that again uh, last night. You know, you look at, uh, like, Jamal Crawford is a great scorer. You know, Ennis Cantor is a great scorer. But as far as if I got a guy who's going to play great defense and offense, I think Sean Livingston, and I've said it on the air, mm-hmm. is the best player in the NBA coming off the bench. Uh, and I thought, going back to last series, I, I thought that I, I said, I said, to beat the Warriors, you got to outplay their bench. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma City, you know, they did a really good job for that, really, three games. Uh, but to beat the Warriors, man, you're going to have to outplay, uh, outplay their bench. Because they, uh, you know, obviously they, they, they start in the lineup as, as good, but they are really good when they bring their second unit in. And I thought that was easily the difference in the game last night. What do you think the Cleveland adjustment is? I mean, what, what can they do here? Um, maybe play training Fry more, and they only only played him seven minutes. Yeah, you know, it was weird last night. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. You know, I don't understand why they didn't play him more. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, because I thought he had a chance because he can play small ball. But also, I think that uh, Ty Lue's got to do a better job of breaking up Kyrie, LeBron, and Kevin. Yeah. You know, you, not many guys got three players that good. They don't all have to play at the same time. Uh, so I just think he's got to uh, – and first of all, Tyree got to be a little bit more efficient. He can't go seven for 21, mm-hmm. uh, especially when, when the guards are struggling. I mean, those guards, they might be the best backcourt I've ever seen. Obviously, they probably the best shooting backcourt ever. But, man, they, uh, they're tough, man. Uh, and anybody – uh, gonna beat the Warriors. Got the handle stuff and Clay. My thought was obviously you covered the the Oklahoma City series. The, this almost felt like a, a breather for the Warriors. At least at least game one. I mean the intensity was down. It, it just kind of seemed like they were moving to the spots where they wanted to. And, and whereas Oklahoma City, every inch was a fight both ways. Did did you get that sense just watching it that this was a little more relaxed kind of tempo than than every second of that Oklahoma City series? Well, I think that it's just different because Oklahoma City is so athletic across the board. I mean, <laughs> it's not many teams got three seven foot guys out there, 
you know, when they play their starting unit, I mean, first of all, uh, you know, the Roberson is six seven, yep, yep. and obviously uh, Russell is on a whole another planet, athletic wise. But when you got seven foot Durant, Ibaka, and Adams out there, man, it's not a lot of space out yep, there. Yep, you know that's one of the reasons they had so many turnovers because you know, like I say, with Russell as fast as he is, and Roberson and three seven footers, Golden State had a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Uh, but, man, it, it, this is just going to be a different type series. I don't think Cleveland can get in an up-and-down series with these guys. Did you, but can they punish him, punish them enough down low? That's going to be the key. Because, you know, the one thing I've said, I never understand why people try to go small against the Warriors. I mean, they're the best at small ball, mm-hmm. but you've got to make them pay on the other end on the offensive board like Oklahoma City did the first couple games. Uh, with Ibaka, uh, Adams, and Cantor down low. Uh, because, you know, when people say, well, certain guys can't guard certain guys. I said, well, first of all, nobody can guard certain guys. Let's get that straight. <laughs> but I'd rather have Draymond and Harrison Barnes trying to score on Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson and Steph and Clay shooting it. Yep. Because they're not going to be shooting threes like those guys are. Mm-hmm. They might score on Love. Like I said, they might score on Adams and Baca and Cantor down low, but at least the ball is away from Steph and Clay. Yeah. You think Cleveland's in a little trouble here? I don't know who you picked going in, but uh, just from one game, obviously, it's at Oracle. But do you... I don't, I'm not going to overreact to yeah. one game. Mm-hmm. I mean, every game, if you go back and look at these playoffs, it's been some of the wackiest playoff mm-hmm. games ever. I mean, one game. One team wins by 25, the next game another team wins by 25. I just don't think that you can overreact to one game. I think it's going to be a long, drawn-out series. I think Cleveland's going to have to play great to beat them guys. Uh, I mean, I think LeBron's going to be dominant. Uh, But this is going to – I want to watch one more game Mm -hmm. because, if listen, I'll tell you this. If uh, Steph and Clay – play like that, I don't think Golden State going to win the series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's a, it's a little too early to overreact. I mean, obviously, I think Golden State is the favorite. Uh, but it's, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to wait another game before I really see, see what adjustments that they're going to make. Yeah. Well, Charles, you are famously uh, uh, someone who has, has critiqued the Warriors' style of play and, and that they're a jump-shooting team. They are a jump-shooting team. Absolutely, they are. Uh, do, do you change any of it if they win this championship to back-to-back after winning 73 or, or do, you, do your criticisms or critiques I should say still stand up for the way the style of play well I think if they win a championship they kind of throw I, I'd have to be say I was 100% wrong mm. I think a couple things number one last year you know my comments were taken way out of context <laughs> because no jump shooting team had ever won a championship yeah. But I missed, uh, I missed a couple things. I didn't realize how good they were defensively and how deep their bench was. So I was wrong. You know, because actually, to be honest with you, they didn't win the championship last year shooting jumpers. No. They won the championship last year because Steve Kerr brought in Iguodala and wore LeBron down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've actually shot clearly uh, with the record Steph have shot this year. Set this year, they are much more. They shot a lot more jumpers this year than last year. Uh, but I was 100% wrong on the fact I didn't realize how great they were defensively and their bench was. but if I, And I've said, if they win the championship this year, I'll say they're one of the, the greatest teams. You know, obviously last year also they got some breaks in the playoffs with injuries. But if they're able to win 73 games to win the world championship, I think you've got to say they're one of the best teams ever. 
but my my critique has always been the same. I prefer my team to be built. I mean, obviously, we got Clay and Steph, two of the greatest jump shooters ever, and that obviously bodes well for you shoot jumpers. But I always want to build my team inside out because inside is more consistent. You're able to get guys in foul troubles, and it's not you're not in a situation where it's like all or nothing shooting threes. But because, uh, like I say, they didn't hit shots last night, and they still won the game with reserves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so. That's the only point I was trying to make. Yep. Well, it, it, the Warriors fans have overreacted. I've said this before. It, it's it's a point that's a valid point to look at. And uh, maybe the game's changed in a way that, that that's the Warriors have been out in front, in front of. But, clear, I mean, you know, you put Shaquille O'Neal out there, you put Charles Barkley out there, and it would be a whole different thing for the Warriors to deal with. Do, do you think, though, Well, the, the, but, 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 the, but the main thing, you, I think – like I say, I underestimated their defensive yeah. bench, but listen, if I had Steph and Clay yeah. out there, I let them shoot threes all night long. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, those guys, I tell you, I've been in the NBA for 30 years. You know, if we thought Mark Jackson uh, was full of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, we, we said, this is the greatest back shoot, uh, backcourt shooters ever. And we're like, yeah, okay, that's because you're the coach of that team. Yep. And then you look at it for the last year and a half, you're like, oh, Mark was telling the truth, plain and simple. Yeah, and early, right? Like uh, half a year into it, he was saying this. And I was there when he said it. Like, are you kidding? Jerry West and Gail Goodrich, there's a few others that you might put out there. But Mark Jackson was dead on correct on that one. All right, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. It's the spring clearance event at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, the largest event in March ever. We've got a huge inventory at clearance prices. Check out this 2016 Jeep Patriot Sport. How about a new 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited for $9,000 off MSRP after discounts and rebates? Don't miss the spring clearance event at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Why would you buy anywhere else? Drive a little, save a lot in Gilroy. Uh, you've had some fun. You, 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 I guess you had some interchanges with a Warriors fan in Oklahoma City. Is this any of any of this bothered you, or the fans have gotten too much of it, or, or are you kind of just having fun with it? Well, I, 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 I listen. I have fun with it. Uh, I don't fans. Uh, listen, most of the fans are fantastic. I mean, some fans are just idiots. <laughs> like if you if you say anything negative about their team, they go crazy. Yep. Uh, but I'm used to that. I mean, I've been doing this for 16, 17 years now. It's kind of like when I go on the road, we don't even travel until the finals of the East or the West. Mm-hmm. And they love me in Oklahoma City. They hated me in Oakland. So I'm used to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it was really funny about the thing in uh, Oklahoma City. So this guy was came up and wanted to start trouble. And I said, dude, I'm not going to argue with you. Would you please, let's just go outside and fight. <laughs> and uh, I said, because that's one thing. I'm not going to argue with mm-hmm. people. But I said, if you want to go outside, Let's please go outside and let's just fight, and it'll be over with. And he didn't want to do that. <laughs> you know, I read, I heard that, like, somebody challenged me to a fight. I said, that's actually not what happened. <laughs> I said, this guy came up to me talking about I hate the Warriors. I said, mm-hmm. dude, I don't care about you other Warriors or the Thunder, just for the matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And I said, but if you want to fight, let's go outside and fight. And clearly he did not want to do that. Thank so you. I would have smashed his face in. <laughs> I believe that. I be- When's the last fight you've gotten into, Charles? Was it on the basketball court when you were a player? Uh, a 
can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, mm-hmm. not that I'm so proud. I've been arrested probably four or five times mm-hmm. for punching people. That's yep. not that I'm proud of, but I'm never going to. If I feel like I'm threatened, I'm going to swing. I yep. can promise you that. Yep. But, you know, that's why the NBA hired me a bodyguard my last couple of years. But mm-hmm. I, I remember meeting with the mister. He says, you got to quit fighting. I said, I don't want to fight. But mm-hmm. if somebody said they're going to hit me, I'm going to hit them first. And uh, they hired me a bodyguard my last couple of uh, years. Uh, and but so but I don't I'm not afraid to fight mm-hmm. more than anything. And I don't like it because only kids fight. Yeah. I mean, yeah. only kids fight. That's just stupid. I mean, but I'm never going if I feel like I'm threatened, I'm going to swing first. Sure. Charles, I'm going to jump on some other topics. I, I know you have a lot of you think about a lot of things. You have a lot of thoughts. What, what, you're an SEC football guy, uh, Auburn. What, what's your thoughts of Jim Harbaugh? Uh, what he's doing, uh, what he's talking about, and the SEC is kind of responding to him. You, any thoughts on what Harbaugh's done to college football and kind of the way SEC is responding to what he's saying? Well, listen, we are the best football playing <laughs> conference in the country. You know, Alabama's an amazing program. You know, they won five, four or five championships in the last six or seven years. Now, I think Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just amazing. I love my school, Auburn. Yeah. we got to find a quarterback because everything, obviously, now is dictated by where you get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So we got our hands full. But I think the SEC is the best football conference in the world. Hey, listen, I like Jim Harbaugh. He's trying to do what's best for his program. I have no problem with that. Listen, I, I don't want to talk about satellite camps because I don't know all the ramifications. Mm-hmm. I think that anything you can do, number one, I, uh, to improve your program, you should do it. But I hope all these coaches realize the number one thing they need to worry about is college graduation rates. Yep. We're making a lot of money on those kids. And listen, less than 1% of them in any sport are going to go on to the pro level. The number one priority for all these college coaches is to graduate their players. But I have no problem with Jim Harbaugh trying to uh, expand his program and make it, uh, you know, he's trying to attract attention. Uh, But I just hope, you know, uh, listen, we can't, and I'm not one of those guys uh, who talk about, uh, you know, uh, what they give these players. We should give these players some things. Mm-hmm. You know, you just saw that uh, USC just signed for $300 million. Yep. You can't have these kids out there killing themselves for $300 million and get mad. You know, you get the kid at Mississippi, he asked for a couple hundred dollars to pay his mom's light bill. Yep. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, that's flat out crazy. Yep. Uh, now, I don't poo-poo on education because education is the most important thing for all these kids, especially the young black kids. But for people to make a big first, of all, he's an idiot for him to sell smoking dope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're an idiot if you're gonna if you're gonna smoke dope. I'm not a big weed guy person, but if you're gonna see smoke dope, don't film yourself do it. That just make you an idiot. Yeah. Uh, but for people to overreact because he got four four hundred dollars to pay some of his mom bills, and these colleges are making a billion dollars a year. I just think that's a little bit hypocritical. Yeah, do you do you think athletes, college athletes, are going to get paid eventually? I, it does seem like it's moving there a little slowly, but well, it just Tim the, 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 you know, the, the problem is how do you do it? Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, see, my problem is like I say, I want these kids to get as much as possible. But number one, I want them to get that free education. That's the most important thing. But you know, this is something we've been arguing about for years. How do we pay these players? Uh, 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 do we only play the basketball team? Yeah. We only play the football team. 
we only play like Auburn's in the soccer, uh, no, excuse me, in the softball World Series. Do we pay the softball players? Uh, do we only play the running backs, quarterbacks? If somebody could give me a legitimate way to do it, like I say, I want these kids to get as much as possible. Number one, I want them to get that free education. But if somebody could give me a logical way, who to pay, how do we pay them? Uh, because I think what's going to happen is if we start paying them, half of these schools ain't going to make any money. Yep. And and we're going to ruin all these kids who, are, who who get saved by getting that free college education and play all the other sports. I mean, so I, I'm willing to sit down with everybody and say, man, how can we make life better? Because these kids are making these schools so much money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I can't believe UCLA got $300 million. Under Armour, right? I mean, that's, Under, Under that's, Armour, yeah. That's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. $300 million for these kids to go out there and bat their head in playing football? I mean, that, uh, and then we, like I say, we can't complain if they get some extra shoes or get some extra meals. That's crazy. Here's my crazy theory. I'll just throw it out there real quick. One way to do it, in my mind, was however much you pay the head coach of the team, you pay the exact same amount to every single one of the players on that team, whether it's women's softball or it's volleyball or it's the football team. What do you think about that one? Say what? If you if you pay the head coach $4 million, you also pay the players exactly that amount, but split it up among each one of the players. But it's a way to kind of, you know, parallel it to how much the the, the team is, pay, you know, the, the the coach is being paid. Oh, that's that. You know what? I never thought that's an interest. That's pretty good. Tim. That ain't bad. Uh, <laughs> Thank I you. I mean, that's 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 that is. The, I mean, I think that could be interesting mm-hmm. that's, that's, uh, because I've, I've had this argument with some of my friends. They are so stupid. Some of my friends, mm-hmm. they're like, "Well, you got to pay the stars." I'm like, no, no. "How would that work?" Yeah, yeah. If I'm an offensive lineman, I'm gonna be pissed. Yep. If I'm doing all the work and the quarterback getting all the money or the wide receivers, so you, and I, so I'm saying you just can't pay the stars. No. Because first of all, let's get one thing: through. it's a star-driven league. Mm-hmm. You know, the quarterback in college, the running back, the wide receiver, and a couple defensive players. You know, they, they're the most well-known players. We can't just pay the stars. Uh, but what's your? Uh, I could actually. Well, let me ask you another question, though. Sure. Like the coach, the coach at Alabama is going to make six, seven million, and the coach at another school is going to make two million. Yep. So there's some unfairity in that, also. No question, no question. But it's it's the way the schools have decided the coach is worth. You know that that's you know if they decide the program is we all know the coach usually makes about half of what the revenue is. Um, so if that's what the revenue is. If that's what they decide the coach is worth, then the players are worth one, you know, eighty eighth of that. And, and just like it's one way for me to split it up. If that's what the programs have decided, the coach is worth. So it's. it's I, I think that's an inter- that'd yep. be interesting. I, yep. I, I like to sit down and look at that. Yep, uh, I appreciate that. I just want that. Just I just see these coaches' salaries, and that's the one where I go, okay, they've defined what the value of the program is. Basically, it's half of what the coach makes. It, it double of what the coach makes. Well, then the player should be worth what the coach makes. You know, each split up. But anyway, that's my theory, and I, I appreciate you, you thinking about that one. Let's talk a little bit about Philly, Charles. That's where we first met way back when, when you were six. I don't know if you remember quite when I was there. I was covering the Eagles, but that was a great time. Uh, you were with the Sixers, Buddy Ryan, Eagles, Reggie White, Randall Cunningham. I, I just kind of feel that people who went through Philly for a little while 
kind of understand each other, kind of get the passion and the energy. Do, do you get, have a sense of that? And you're in Philly now. Do you, do you just, there's a special brand of Philadelphia sports? I think there's a, uh, it's a different mentality when you mm-hmm. play in a Philadelphia, New York, Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to belittle any other cities. I mean, I mean, Chicago might be like that. I think L.A. to a certain degree. But I think once you play, once you play in a big major market where it, it's really cutthroat, either uh, kill or be killed, I mean, it's very tough to play in those markets. I mean, and that's just how it is. I mean, when I got traded to Phoenix, I was like, oh, this is like cake here. Yep, yep. You know, you know, like they say, you know, Charles or the team didn't play well in Philly. They'd be like, the team sucked. <laughs> and Charles sucked and this guy sucked. And I was like, oh, we didn't play well. I'm reading the headlines. We didn't play well. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just about certain cities. Once, and Philadelphia's an amazing city. One of the reasons I live here during the summer, I think it's just got great culture. I, I love, first of all, it's too hot to be in Arizona, first mm-hmm. and foremost. Let's yep. get that straight. Yep. But I think Philadelphia is just an amazing city. Uh, uh, I, I, I'll always uh, keep a place in Philly, always. But I just think it's a remarkable city. And when you're here, to have all the major sports uh, around, it's just something fun to watch all the time. Because being from Alabama, you only got Alabama and Auburn football. Mm-hmm. But my first time living somewhere was Philadelphia. And you have all the major sports. And at one time or another, they've all been pretty relevant. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty cool thing. And, you know, you guys uh, out in the Bay, you know, obviously the Warriors are, are doing great mm-hmm. now. But you've always had the Giants. Yep. They've won three out of the last four or five championships. Bruce yep. Bochy's done an amazing job. Uh, you know, I tell you what, that guy Buster Posey mm-hmm. and uh, Madison Baumgartner, I'm just watching them from a distance. They just kicking butt. And now you got the shark. Yep. Uh, you know, I've been, I'm, 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 I don't know anything about the San Jose shark, but I'm pulling for Joe Thornton. <laughs> really? Uh, you, you know, I do. That's you great. know, I pull for I pull for the guys who are great players, who never won a championship because mm-hmm. I want them to win a championship. Yep. You know, so I, I the only thing I know about the, uh, Patrick Marlowe, I don't know a lot about him, but Joe Thornton, I, I first heard about him when he was in Boston, and I, I really would love to see him win uh, the Stanley Cup. So I've been watching that because I, I I'm a big hockey fan. Uh, but, you know, you're, the 49ers, you know, they're on a down period, but they've always been pretty good. Yep. You got the Ra- Ravens, uh, the Raiders, who really pissed me off right now, to be honest with Why? you. Why? Because they want to move? Well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a travesty. It yep. really bothers me when these teams screw their fans yep. and don't do the right thing. You know, all they want is big stadiums, and they don't care where they go. The Raiders should move to where the 49ers play. Yeah. I mean, I, ju- I just think it's a travesty the way these owners just don't really care about the fans. You know, they're like, I'm just going to move. If you don't give me a stadium, I'm just going to move. Yep. From a common sense standpoint, there's no reason they shouldn't be playing where the 49ers play because it's, it's convenient for the Oakland fans. But like I say, man, these owners don't care about these teams. They just care about the most money they can make, plain and simple. Absolutely. Well, I want to get you on one more topic. The, the presidential election, you got Cuban saying that 
He got approached to run. You've got Donald Trump, Republican nominee. Charles, you've talked about politics in the past. What do you make of all that? Well, you know, first of all, Mark would. Mark is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I think he'd be successful at whatever he did. That's how much respect I got mm-hmm. for Mark. But I don't think he's going to give up the Mavericks to run for vice president of the United States. No. You know, I just feel sad for the people. Uh, I feel bad because America's the greatest place in the world. And what it's become is just rich people against poor people. Yeah. Poor people are always at a disadvantage because you, if you're poor, you're going to probably go to a bad school and go grow up in a bad neighborhood. And I always use the analogy: uh, who's, if, if, if every time a baseball player went up to bat and he was down two strikes already, you know, a few guys going to get some hits, but most people are not going to get a hit. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've always voted Democratic my entire life. And I don't dislike Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. I, I just some about her that makes me uncomfortable. Uh, I hope that she picks. I would love to see her pick Elizabeth Warren. I feel yeah. great about that. Yeah. Or Julian Castro, mm-hmm. uh, who was former mayor of San Antonio, who's in the cabinet now. Okay. Those would be two great picks, and I would really feel good about voting Democratic. Uh, but the good thing about it, Jim, is it doesn't matter to me either way because I'm going to be rich either way. <laughs> uh, but I, I I want somebody to win who's going to do the best for the, for the major population of poor people. Yeah. I mean, rich people are always going to be rich, and I thank God and blessed that I'm one of those. But I always vote Democratic because I think they have the best opportunity to help poor people. Whether I'm right or wrong, I'm not really sure, but that's just the way I was taught growing up uh, by my mother and grandmother who I was raised by. Uh, but this race has been fascinating, man. It's been very fascinating. And like I say, I just feel bad for the American people because they're the ones who are going to suffer. Do you know Trump at all? Do you, do you, have you ever met him? I met Trump probably four or five times. He's always been nice. He's always been cordial to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he's always been nice and cordial. Like I say, I probably met him four or five times. He's always been cordial. Uh, it's been interesting watching him on television, uh, all the stuff that's been going on. Uh, it's going to be, uh, like I say, the next few months are going to be very interesting because uh, I think what's really going to happen it's, it, it, it's just my personal opinion. I think whoever gets the best vice presidential mm-hmm. candidate probably going to win the election mm-hmm. because, you know, nobody likes either candidate. That's a great point. Just, it's, it's a great point. Yeah. But I think whoever gets the best vice presidential candidate uh, is, is, who, who's going to win the race, to be honest with you, just watch it from a distance. Yeah. Because you have to realize a lot of these people out there are idiots. And what I mean by that is and I never under uh, you know have most of these people they're always going to vote Republican they always going to vote Democratic they never look at the candidates or the policies or policies or anything so you only got to really sway about ten percent because if you go back and look at all the elections for the last thirty years it's always been pretty much fifty two to forty eight yep so. I think whoever, so like I say, people are going to vote the way they want to vote, Democratic or Republican. You just got to kind of sway like 10%. And that's why I say, I think whoever gets the best vice presidential candidate uh, is going to win this election. Because, you know, most people don't like uh, either candidate. 
but they're going to vote a certain way. And if they can get one or two votes to swing with a great candidate uh, and on the, as the VP, that's going to swing it. I could talk to you forever, Chuck. I, I'm going to just uh, end this with the question I ask everybody, but I could talk to you for, for hours. But, uh, Charles, I ask everybody this question. I'm going to ask you, what, what's your favorite restaurant? My favorite restaurant? Well, I got, I'll got. i give you two of them. Oh, great. I live in Arizona during the winter, mm-hmm. so there's a place called City Hall. It's one of my favorite restaurants that I go to. Okay. When I'm in Philadelphia, there's a great Italian place called a saloon in downtown Philadelphia, okay. which I really like. Okay. Uh, so those are my two favorite places uh, to eat. City Hall in Scottsdale, uh, or is it in, in, in Phoenix proper? It's in Scottsdale. Okay. It's a yeah. really great okay. steak place, great atmosphere, great steak. And like I say, I love Italian. Italian is probably my favorite food. In, the, in Philadelphia, there's a great place called a saloon. That's amazing. Okay. Charles, really it took, it took a lot of your time, but I really appreciate it. Great conversation. Let's do this again. Hey, just let me know, man. I appreciate it. And uh, take care of yourself and have a great weekend. All right, Charles, you too. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, everybody. That's the great Charles Barkley. Uh, that was uh, that was a fantastic conversation. That was that was good. And I imagine people will want to listen to that. Paul, make sure that recorded. <laughs> You're looking at me a little stressed here. Okay. I, I always like to make, check. We make sure we record those. Uh, it's always good when you have the actual recording done. All right, everybody. That's the show for this week. I think, uh, I think that one's going to do just fine. All right, everybody. See you later. It's the spring clearance event at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, the largest event in March ever. We've got a huge inventory at clearance prices. Check out this 2016 Jeep Patriot Sport. How about a new 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited for $9,000 off MSRP after discounts and rebates? Don't miss the spring clearance event at South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Why would you buy anywhere else? Drive a little, save a lot in Gilroy.